Yad a shay Kim Smith dashajine, a Turichini Nashli do Tsitnajini Bashishin, Ashni Dashache do Kia Ani Dashanele, a Kut Aldenes son in Nishle. Um, my name is Kim Smith. I am Dene woman from St. Michael's, Arizona, and I can't really pinpoint what my line of work is because I feel like I, like I put my hands in the pot and then I do it all over and I have all these other things that I equally try and dedicate time to. Um, But I think I most identify as an organizer. And when you say organizer, can you break down like what that means? Like maybe what is a month in the life of Kim? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a tough one. Um, So I have a lot of focuses on my own community and what I would like to see, what I don't want to see, you know. Um, I have been doing food work, um, trying to reclaim our food systems, whether that be with like permaculture, food as medicine, ancestral foods, um, really healing, um, healing our communities from a lot of these crazy diseases that are really taking a toll on our on our land and on our bodies um of course I do a lot of uh quote-unquote activism um really defending the land and the water and the air whether it has to do with like fracking and oil and gas developments coal mining coal fire power plants um and also working on the solution part of that of, you know, renewable, uh, sustainable type projects like watershed restoration projects, you know, that ties into permaculture and building swells and uh, gabions, you know, to slow down the water, capture water, divert it to our food systems. Um, but also art, like I love art. I really appreciate art um, and music and um you know, it, so I dedicate some time to that as well. Um, but, you know, really just try and support and keep busy and, you know, really be solution-based. You know, we, we, we see a lot of bad in the world. We, we know that there's a lot of things to say no to, um, a lot of destruction, but we have to look beyond that and really create solutions that we want to see in our community. And, when when that happens then it becomes a ripple effect because people start to see like oh okay well we could do it this way if we can't do it that way or if she can do it or he can do it then we can do it so um a day or a month in the life of kim um (laughs) we just came from ceremony um two days ago um now we're on our road on the road we're going to be heading to visit some of our uncles um, in Colorado and then headed up to the Buffalo Field Campaign um, to help support there and help protect protect and defend the buffalo. 
and um, from there we head back up to Standing Rock and I have court so trying to go up and smash the state again and then (laughs) make our way back down so that we can go to Chiapas to go and help at the liberation school and help with permaculture projects there and then hopefully you know come home and implement a lot of what we're learning at home (laughs) and when you say we do you how do you roll do you have a, a crew can you talk about like maybe what um, what is the we? Who who else is involved in your in your organizing and your game plan? I always refer. I, I've noticed that always in my organizing is I always refer to we. And when I first started organizing, it was really just me, <laughs> and I was hoping that it would be a we, like with more people like getting on board. But now it really is like it really is a good group of young people that you know are like minded, that are just like down and ready to roll and learn and. Um, so when I say we, it's like we put the call out there, we put the invitation out there, and whoever wants to come will come and, like, do shit. You know, they'll go and defend the buffalo. They'll go and defend the water. You know, they'll go and learn about permaculture. And so, you know, we, you could be a part of we if you want. <laughs> I'm down. Feeding me, feeding me, feeding me, feeding me, yeah, I am an Indian, I've been betrayed. So my heritage, I could get our preservation. Can I be my situation? My situation, I come from a long line of people in displacement. I am an Indian, I'm on a mission. This time's definitely come for certain kinds of patience. I'm changing, it's amazing. Every day is a new day for this Indian and training. I am a hustler, got all kinds of customs. People need the medicine, this music from most countries. This past, present, future, tense, all the heating elements. Everything you do in life is definitely relevant. What are your people? What about your people? What are your people? What about your people? What are your people? What about your people? Where did this path begin? What's your What's your family dynamic like? Did you have um, somebody in your life that influenced you really strongly to become kind of like a water protector or a protector of land and water and air, um, an organizer? What was the turning point? I mean, I know there must have been something that activated you in your life. Um, it I it. I would have to say it was my grandmother because growing up, you know, she saw everything from a Diné lens. Like she was very traditional and focused on ceremony. You know, we growing up, we were always in ceremony. But on the other side of that, I went to a Catholic school from kindergarten to 12th grade. You know, it was this institution that, um, educational institution but also a religious one so it was this battle between the three of traditionalism education and then quote-unquote religion um but with through my grandma's teachings it was always dinner first that that was always my identity and you know that was where I was able to understand dinner language um and connect to the songs and to the prayers and understand and and feel and you know that basically was my my roots and my grounding um but you know being going to a catholic school and being basically 
or in an institution, educational institution, being forced to learn certain things and not learn a lot of things that are, you know, a part of my history as an indigenous woman. Um, so going into college, going to university, that was where I was able to really transform and, and learn the things that I, I wanted to learn about the history of our people. And that really became a turning point for me because when I went to college, I, I had these big dreams of being this businesswoman that brought all of these businesses to the res and I wanted to bring like shopping centers and like fucking capitalism. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and then I, I took an indigenous studies class and I started learning about corporations and you know what capitalism really is and how it destroys indigenous communities and how it has destroyed our communities even down to like Catholicism and the school systems you know learning about boarding schools and it was this complete like slap in the face for me I feel like and so I basically cut off all ties to what I had known before in terms of like Catholicism and the education system and started kind of wandering on my own finding out what my spiritual who I am spiritually and um by this time my my and my grandma had passed and you know it 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 was like me trying to find my way like all of the things that she taught me I was trying to con find them and connect to them I guess and so um this was around the time that uh the San Francisco Peaks was um proposed to to expand to be a, a ski resort and they were going to use reclaimed wastewater and I gravitated towards that um because I knew the significance of the mountain I knew the significance of the of the water because of the ceremonies and um there I met Clee Clee Benali and to meet him and his family it was really eye-opening for me because it was very like radical you know like talking about smashing the state and like also doing it from like an indigenous perspective you know and Dine liberation you know that type of stuff and I had never heard anything like that you know like this Catholic schoolgirl like who wanted to be like a, in, totally into capitalism and so it was something really great for me really liberating for me and um, <clears throat> so from there I started organizing with them with Clee and you know some of the other folks and really trying to protect the peaks and also around that time I met Winona LaDuke and you know she really took me under her wing and um, she encouraged me to apply for an internship and I did and you know I got to go to White Earth and learn from that different perspective of you know going from defending a sacred site to going to live with this woman in rural community like my own but with her what I learned is the solution part so you have to create solutions in your community. Like you could, you could talk about, you know, the destruction of the environment, the water, all of these things, but you have to have something to be able to sustain the community if you take those things away, right? Away, right? And she's an economist, and so I, I really gravitated towards that because, you know, as I said before, I wanted to bring all of these businesses to the community, but. She taught me that there is a way to do it <clears throat> that speaks to the way that the ancestors did it. 
you know, growing our own food, um, saving seeds, you know, raising animals. Like I, being there was really life changing for me because we like made, we made goat cheese. Like (laughs) it was like every day was a different adventure to like securing millions of dollars in, you know, towards renewable energy so that people don't have to depend on fossil fuels, you know, like all of these really real great um solutions to a lot of the problems that we're seeing Mm -hmm. and so you know those are the people that I could really think about who really influenced me but really it's my family that has really grounded me and that continue to support me because as crazy as I was like in disconnecting like okay I'm not gonna celebrate Thanksgiving or fuck Christmas I don't want to go to Easter like they're just like all right Kim's going through a phase (laughs) but they continue to like support me and love me and you know just hold my hand no matter what and you know that has really led me to where I am now because I've met a lot of people who don't have that same support system you know and it makes me feel good to know that um they're going to be by my side no matter what. What was your biggest takeaway from engaging and getting to know Winona LaDuke and um, kind of activating with her as a I guess would she be a um, she would you'd kind of be like master apprentice of sorts right? (laughs) (laughs) That's her hope. (laughs) I think that's kind of everybody's hope. I mean spending enough time I mean this I'm going on my 13th year working with Honor the Earth. Um, I started there as an intern, and um, <clears throat> thankfully, after that internship ended, I've you know it's like a second home to me. I'm able to go there every year, you know, whether it, and just be there and be with the family and be a part of the family, um, <clears throat> and then becoming a board member and really learning about the type of organization Honor the Earth is, and you know. What we do is we fundraise money so that we can give it back to community members that need it. Other organizers that are like fighting certain things or want to see more youth leadership projects or more art projects. And so we're going to, we give them money. And so that's one of the things that LaDuke has always taught me is to have compassion for everybody. That everybody deserves a chance. Like no matter what, like people deserve chances and people matter you know it's it's there's no and and that has taught me uh, that there's no hierarchy that everybody is equal and that that's a common thing in indigenous communities you know it's a consensus-based thing where you know everybody's involved and everybody has a say and so in my earlier years I always would I always kind of struggled with that you know like and and it's and that's compassion you know you have to have compassion for people and part of that compassion is letting go of your ego to say that you know I'm not better than this person you know and so that's one of the things that I could always take away from from Leduc but also just how strong she is like how strong and resilient that she really is and that if one way doesn't work she's gonna find five other ways to make it work (laughs) or make five other projects take off and it's (laughs) it's so fucking great it's so brilliant but to be a part of honor is really honor the earth has been really great because it I have gotten the support from not only Winona but the other board members to where they allow me to be me 
like they believe in the things that I think about like in the things that I want to do like for instance with um, the traveling art exhibition the art of indigenous resistance like it became it was just this one idea this one show and then now it's evolved into like this traveling exhibition going into its fourth year and so with honor um one of the main reasons why it was established was of course the environmental work but also to really emphasize art and supporting art in indigenous communities and um, i really want to bring that to the forefront because i really appreciate art you know it has helped me in so many ways in healing and you know we are art as indigenous people our song our dance you know all of that is self-expression and it's a part of who we are it runs in our dna and we have to continue to remind ourselves that that you know it's it's a strong element of who we are and moving forward and um we have to it's it's a matter of survival and and continuing to push that art and so um yeah and i I really hope to bring that with honor the earth and continue to carry that moving forward is a bit of a problema my people like whatever trying to get the cheddar get the cheddar get, get the cheddar my people like whatever trying to get the cheddar my radical dilemma is a bit of a problema my people like whatever trying to get the cheddar get the cheddar get the cheddar my people like whatever trying to get the cheddar hello good evening are you feeling content is there food on your table a room to rent is your family well are you keeping up with your health overall are you happy with the hand you was dealt one 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 enjoy your relative comfort and that spell that you're under time for rude awakening life is about to change and if you ain't ready then you accept the slave where we are moving at a different pace but i ain't don't wait for change do you feel like winona and maybe other elders who are kind of helping you to figure out what your path is do you think that they align with what the younger generation's tactics are and what's going on as far as like a lot of a lot of different work in the movements I know that there there can oftentimes be splits between the youth and the elders in tactics and because you work so closely with honor the earth but you also work so close closely with a lot of youth Mm -hmm. How do you navigate that? And what do you see a break? Um, the way that they have taught me is that there is no hierarchy. Like, and, and that I think that the younger people also understand that, that this is their opportunity to say something. You know, you look at something like at Standing Rock where there in the beginning it you know it's not a matrilineal society and so when the woman or the youth had something to say it was the men who ultimately had the ultimate say at the end and so it it became the woman really stepped up and you know the woman really did start all of that you know you look at LaDonna um you know she was the one to spark that and and people don't really recognize that you know a lot of the um a lot of the attention could 
be drawn towards like the chairman or whatever but LaDonna was the one that said no we're going to we're going to have an encampment here and call it sacred stone and even tying it to what sacred stone means like how that is a sacred place you know and how the you know the cannonball river and you know those sacred grandma and grandpa rocks and how they were formed there like people don't know that story but the women do Mm -hmm. and so that's why she named it you know sacred stone and then looking at people like debbie white plume you know she's a matriarch and she always went to the youth when trying to figure out decision making processes the same thing with LaDonna and same thing with Winona is that they make us feel like we have a voice they include us and they help us and it's it's a talking circle of all of these ideas coming together where we're equal you know it's not them telling us what to do it's 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 everybody sharing ideas to come up with one plan and so I feel like a lot of young people understand that too, that they're really trying to speak up and, and our, our matriarchs are the ones that encourage us to do that. And, you know, that's, that's a really great plan moving forward when you have the women and young people or the community coming together. And when I think about it, when I think back to Standing Rock and some of my fondest memories are of us all being in a teepee and talking about this stuff like okay this is what's at hand and everybody doing their research everybody laying the facts out and then coming up with plans from there and it was a glimpse of what was you know what happened back in the day you know how the planning process went and it it felt really good because it wasn't a hierarchy you know it was everybody being land defenders water protectors and standing side by side and um, the woman taught us that, you know, that's what the, that's what they teach us. And for me, I'm, I'm trying to be that way with a lot of the people that I work with now and, and inviting that space for, you know, people to be able to give their input and, and making decisions and making plans and all of those things. Yeah. And how do you feel like art factors into um, organizing and movements do you think it's an important part an important puzzle piece oh it's so huge like it's it's so healing it's it's it gets people to critically think about what the situation is or um, it could also be like a catalyst for healing you know people could be bottling things up but they can paint it they Mm. can spit it you know they could dance and let it all out and it's I I'm a hip hop head like and you know this and that's kind of how we we met and yeah. um, really hip hop has played a huge role in m- my knowledge of art you know and you know there's people like Cloudface and Randy B you know the FOF crew um, y'all and the um, Sour Patch crew you know all of these old school indigenous hip hop crews that you know, help lay the foundation and got us young people to understand. And there's also the consciousness of that, you know, Mm -hmm. there's different levels of hip hop, but with indigenous hip hop, it seems that it was always a conscious type where we really observed our communities, but we also really had this connection of, well, we're going to sing, we're going to dance for the earth. We're going to dance for healing. We're going to sing for healing. We're going to spit for healing, all of these different things. And when and a lot of young people really gravitated towards that and it's just the spark that really allows people to connect to it and want to learn more about art and um for me art has really 
uh, raised consciousness in my community. Um, I don't, I don't feel at liberty to call myself an artist because I know there's so <laughs> many great artists, but um, I do a lot of graffiti art. And the graffiti art is more political and centered around water. You know, we, we did a project. We've done projects in the past seven years where we've painted water tanks and, you know, raising awareness about whether it was SB 2109 with the water rights issue, um, whether it's like uranium tailings in the water and people not knowing that that's in there, that it's livestock use only and they're not supposed to drink it. And then laying the facts of if you drink this water, this is what's going to happen to your body. And, you know, raising awareness in those ways has been really powerful because, you know, it's not like any other tagging that's done where, you know, people will go over it. And, you know, a lot of the these paintings that we've or these murals that we've done, they're untouched to this day. And it feels good to drive throughout our res and, and still see them up and, you know, that people respect it or that they can relate to it and um, that they want other people to see it and, you know, connect to it or learn from it. And it's it's so important in that sense. The latest installment that we have done um, or series of graffiti had to do with reproductive justice in um, the Eastern Agency of Dinebukea. Our reservation is the size of Ireland, so it's massive. And so <clears throat> we only have the opportunity to, you know, do bits and pieces of these murals a few times out of the year because otherwise we'd have to dedicate like you know like all the whole year to hit everything up so yeah. that's kind of why it's been done within the past seven years but now it's like people look for them and they 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 get in line with the the messages and so with this past series that we did it it talked about reproductive justice and it was centered around the Eastern Agency with the oil and gas drilling and, you know, the threat to Chaco Canyon. Um, but it really has to tie into the health disparities in our community because our aunts and uncles are getting sick. We're getting sick because of the, the destruction, because of the fossil fuel industry. And art is a good way, you know, it's just like billboards, mm -hmm. or, you know, DIY billboards to show people like, actually, this is really what these industries do. And, and not only does it educate people, but it also calls out the industries like, look, motherfuckers, like you're like killing us, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're really affecting the community. And for me as a Dina woman, I, we, we partnered with other indigenous women and that was important to me because it's a direct threat on the future generations of indigenous people when you go after the reproductive justice or reproductive systems then what does that mean for the future and oil and gas does exactly that is it, it you know a lot of birth defects and um, cancers um, and so that it, it was really um, eye-opening for me to to be this cute little tagger that admired people to doing murals to trying to you know do can control to <laughs> producing these murals that were like conscious you know that mm. really tried to speak to empowering the communities to you know stand up and fight back to these industries because if we don't then they're going to continue to kill us and how do you how do you think that um there can be a solution based approach to um, resource extraction as it encroaches 
on almost all indigenous people's lands. Like, can you think of something really simple that you could share with the listening audience as an inspiration point, like something that doesn't feel super overwhelming, like something that, something that any human could do to activate their communities? Well, I don't know. I don't think that there's a, a kind way to put it, but people need to go home. They need to <laughs> unplug from the system, the city life, this this grid, because that's what it's connecting to. That's what's exploiting the communities, like that electricity, that energy, you know, that water. All of that is toxic. All of that is fossil fuel industries. All of that is teaching us to be dependent. And as indigenous communities, we have to fucking draw the line now, especially with the current administration. You know, they, there's talks of privatizing indigenous communities. And so if that's the case, then we have to draw the line and show them how much we give them for so little while they continue to poison us. Like they give us pennies, but we carry them on our backs. And so that is a power that we don't exercise enough. You know, and it, it goes more, it goes far beyond like social media. It, it goes to going back to your roots and going back to your community. And it's, it's a dramatic turn. And it's, it's hard because most people, even for myself, it's not like I'm like living in the middle of the res off grid and like making my own clothes or you know what I mean like (laughs) it's 2017 you know we're influenced by all of these different things but we can slowly gravitate towards that you know really um tearing down this capitalistic system and reclaim our traditional economies you know growing our own food making our own clothing saving seeds you know those are little things that could be done because if we have them now, then we could work towards, okay, well, in the next year, I'm going to plant these seeds. And then I'm going to harvest them and distribute them and trade, you know, that's where it starts. And then that is our monetary system. And it's not the white man's money, because the white man's money is what is doing this to us. It's the one that's displacing us. It's the one and it means nothing. It's just this piece of paper that really doesn't mean anything, but we think it does. But if we go back to our traditional forms of living, you know, we we have each other. We have each other to survive. We have the food, even with our food systems. Like if we go back to our traditional foods and growing our own foods, that would eliminate so many of the health disparities that we have. You know, a lot of the inflammation it could it's known to cure cancer. It means that we have to go back to <clears throat> picking our own herbs and growing our own herbs so that we could heal ourselves and heal our communities. Because even at that level, like our communities are suffering because we depend we're dependent on the federal government with Indian Health Service. And when you look at what types of prescriptions or medications that they give to our communities, it's the ones that continue to make us sick gives us different types of cancers, gives us these diseases that we know nothing about. And then they give us more of those drugs to, to cure that. And <clears throat> for me, that speaks volumes because what is, what's at stake now is what these industries are doing is they're killing us. Our people are honestly getting sick. Like we're getting sick, continuing to live the way that we're living, to be you know, to be carrying all of these communities on our backs, but getting nothing but sickness. 
And <clears throat> it, it's to the point where, like, I'm sick. I have uh, autoimmune disease because of these industries. And then I think about my kids and, like, how they, I don't want them to have to suffer. We have to draw the line so that we don't continue to be sick or impoverished. You know, we, we also have to figure out what that. I, I don't think that I've ever heard people talk about a 20-year plan a 30-year plan, a 40-year plan as Indigenous people. It's always just sticking to what's the current trends, sticking to, like, what's cool now and, like, hustling to make that happen. But the reality is, is that if we don't have a plan as Indigenous people moving forward, then they're going to continue to oppress us. They're going to continue to walk all over us. And, you know, I think that maybe that's what the ask could be to people is think about a 20-year plan for your community not your community in the city but your 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 grandma your aunts your uncles um <clears throat> and even that's a challenge in itself i mean that's what i ba i battle with that with my family you know and and trying to have these honest conversations about capitalism and or <laughs> you know what I mean like even with the current administration like talking to them about fascism and you know like if we're not careful look at what, what what's ahead you know and we really have to warrior up like on all levels and and we have to really plan out our defense because if you look at what happened in Standing Rock like we straight up went up against the military you know we we straight up went up against we played chess with Morton County, you know, these really racist people in North Dakota, you know, they, they came out and, you know, we, we went up in battle with them and we, from that experience, we see what's ahead. And if we're not preparing, we're not going to be ready and they're going to come and continue to just bully us the way that they have been. And I don't see that happening, though. Like, I, I see so much strength in our communities. I see so much people, so many people moving towards that, that liberation. That's what that is, is that liberation. And, and that, that runs in our DNA, that fight, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a part of who we are as Indigenous people. And if we trust that intuition moving forward and break free from this system, this white man system, then we'll be okay. We just have to trust. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a future. We can believe it. Gonna take more than song to justice and freedom. Freedom, yeah. If you're thinking about leaving, hold my hand over stand. This too can be your kingdom blessed. And when the rain comes, put your hand in the dirt. Baba, this is where you came from. 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 Yeah. Systems broken, no fucks given. Wealthy people living on the backs of the broken dreams of America. Dreams of America. Need a pot carrier. Let me sludge you off so the vision can get clearer. Yeah. Your mother's crying, boy, can you hear her? And it's interesting, too, because of the the umbrella term, like, indigenous or native, you know. Um, there's so much diversity within that term. But at the same time, there is this important point that you're making about uniting. Can you talk about what might be important about um, 
uniting under a term, uh, uniting as indigenous people from across um, continents to mm-hmm. come together. Can you talk about that importance? Yeah, it, it's a tough one because like we, for me, I luckily I have been able to travel, you know, across um so-called Canada, so-called Mexico, the United States, and really have that connection with indigenous people and, and value them and know them. You know, that when I see them, I see myself. And <clears throat> when I think about it, it's like, it's like decolonization. It's this word that is Western. It's like sovereignty. It's this word that is Western. But that definition, it's the same way. You know, it's, it's, it's a term but we feel that connection to our relatives and we need to reestablish that because that is, it goes back again, it goes back to the way that our ancestors lived. You know, they traded and they, you know, we were trilingual. We spoke all of these different languages. We had all of these different trade routes, but Western, you know, colonization came in and changed all of that. They saw the value in that and put an end to it. So we need to see past that and connect and really figure out how we support each other for our survival. Because if we're talking about dismantling the system, this capitalistic system, then that's what it takes, is giving no value to to money, but to things that we know that we need, you know? And there's so much power in that. Like, everything that is a trend now are are ways that indigenous people have been living for, time and memorial, you know, this green movement, so-called permaculture you know this is shit that we've been doing you know like food is medicine like herbalism you know all of these things these are things that we have been doing for so long and we have to go move towards that and unify unify for that type of liberation rather than credibility you know why waste time on that I feel like those in those instances a lot of that angry energy um unnecessary energy should be put towards like North Dakota or Trump. I don't know. (laughs) Not, not your own, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think it, I think I really like, um, your solution based, um, values that you present in this, in this conversation we're having, because I've been talking with my partner and I've just been talking in general and that term like decolonize, Mm -hmm. you know, and all these, all, all these anti and non and all all these like negative terms I feel like they're really um falling into like this colonized perspective Mm -hmm. like aligning us back with that hatred critiquing each other yeah with critiquing each other and can you talk about any ideas or references that you might have to like recenter and refocus that language um I think it always goes back to ceremony like that put it in prayer like that is what is necessary for the liberation of mother earth the liberation of ourselves and that is our also our connection to our holy people and our ancestors you know like and once you do that then you see things in indigenous lens all of these western ideas don't matter because what matters is this indigenous lens and and how you want to fulfill these responsibilities to your clan to your ancestors to your spirit to your future generations um because then you don't have to get caught up in thinking about oh well people will think of me this way or they won't think i'm smart enough like 
maybe at the maybe 10 years down the road you will be surviving and they won't because you'll know how to grow your own food like you know what I'm saying like it's um it's a very community-based philosophy and and that's how indigenous communities are and we have to continue to be that way and um you know a term that it reminds me of in 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 Diné is you know, you have sympathy, you know, you have gratitude. It's like gratitude and sympathy at the same time, right? It's like giving to people, but also, um, how could I explain this? It's, um, <laughs> you know, you, you have this compassion for other people. Like, it's not just you. And, and, and that ties into greed. You know, we don't need all of these things. And that's something that colonization has taught us is that the more you have the more wealthy you are but that's not how it is because you can't have a community member starving while you're eating you know it's Mm -hmm. it's the same type of thing and it ties into judgment like you can't judge somebody for not having the opportunities or the privileges that you have because we're all different people it is time advice would you give to yourself um the 10 years ago like um 10 years ago you what would you look back and give to that person that you were then that you've learned so far now (laughs) let's see 10 years ago I was 22 I was living in, where was I? I was still in at university. I think what I would tell myself is to be sober. That alcohol is not the way. You know, it has displaced so many of our communities. And, it, and, and when you're in that age at 22, you're all about, like, clubbing. And, like, mm-hmm. then it ties into capitalism because you got to get this fresh outfit to go out and look fresh, yada, yada, yada. But really like I could have saved so much so many relationships so much money you know so much stress unnecessary so many unnecessary things happened because of being in that state of mind and you know if you look at the history of it it was given to our people to take advantage and you know steal you know do all of these really bad things and Um, I'm happy to say, or I'm proud to say that I am going on two years sobriety and it, that's what I would, that's the message that I would give to myself at 22. Mm -hmm. But it's also hard because it's, 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 you're influenced by so many people, things to, to do that. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to find young indigenous people that aren't drinking, you know, that aren't, you know, caught up in that club scene or whatever. And so, you know, I would tell myself to be that person, be mm. that example. Mm. And um, we've known each other for a while now, <laughs> I think. I was trying to think of how many years, but... It had to have been... I think we met when I was 33, or 23. 23, yeah, because it was was like 11 or 12 years ago. Dang. (laughs) That's what's that. That's crazy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, so we're like old friends. (laughs) That's beautiful. For sure. Um, So what what is your, like, synopsis of your 30 or 40-year plan for your your crew, your people, your family. Um, you were saying that that could be a really important ask for other people. Um, do you have like one highlight point of like where you can see your people being in, let's say 30 or 40 years? I see us reclaiming our quote unquote government to taking it away from this Western democratic idea and reclaiming it to what it originally was a lot of what I've learned is that um, back in the day you know the decision making process happened in ceremony and that doesn't happen anymore you know and and these people that get elected into these positions ultimately are the reason why our communities are exploited because the money goes into their pockets or the pockets of the corporations and we're still impoverished we're still sick you know, and when when I was talking earlier, I said that we have to draw the line. And in order to draw that line, we need to sit at the table. And so once we're there, then we have to start making these demands and making a plan for the tribe as a whole. And, and not just for myself, you know, not for just my family, but for, for our survival as Diné people, because that's what's at stake. You know, if you look at Diné people... <clears throat> 85% of our tribal revenue comes from the fossil fuel industry. And there's no plan to divest. There's no alternative plans for just transitions, any of those things. You know, there's a few of us that have been working towards that. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't, several of us, lots of us. <laughs> but it's not enough because these people continue to occupy those seats and displace us. And so once, you know, we have that then we can start reintroducing this economy that I'm talking about where people are, you know, growing their own food, trading, um, <clears throat> because that's what, that's, what it, that's what matters. You know, money isn't going to save us when shit hits the fan. It's us surviving off of the land, and we already know how to do that. We just have to reclaim it, and it's so old it's new is, one, is, a, thing, mm. is, a, is a phrase that <clears throat> an elder had mentioned to me, and it always stuck because it's true. And the other day I was having a debate with one of my brothers and he challenged me and he was saying like, the vision that you have, it's, it's not ever going to be like the old ways. And, and it, and it made me think like, yeah, that's true because that's not ever going to happen. Like it's 2017. Look at all of these things that, you know, distract us or, you know, it's, it has to be like an infusion, but we have to continue to hold on to that last little grasp of old traditional knowledge that we have because that is the connection to our ancestors that is the key to our survival that is why we're still here and so I I I can't 
when I'm thinking about a 40 year plan or a 30 year plan, I'm not thinking about just my little, my little crew. It's about all Dine people, indigenous people, you know, I hope that we are also able to reestablish trade routes with our Zapatista brothers and sisters, with, you know, folks out in Leilu Island or, um, Unistoten or Standing Rock, you know, all these beautiful places that we've been and continue those trade routes to ultimately dismantle this system that continues to oppress us and give us back the medicines, give each other back the medicines that we need mm-hmm. and, you know, heal a lot of a lot of that pain that we feel so that we can continue to be indigenous on our terms, not what the books are telling us, but that connection that we have to Mother Earth. Mm. And so for the final thing, um, this is your soapbox moment. (laughs) (laughs) So if you could say one thing to the world, to the universe, and this is your platform, one thing to ripple out into who knows where, (laughs) what would it be this this is anything you want. Ah, that's a tough one. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> Y'all, how long do you have? <laughs> um, I think one thing that I have that has really resonated in my in my life's work, it all revolves around water. And it's because I'm a water clan. You know, my clan is Bitterwater of Totochitney and we have to protect water because without water we're nothing and we have to consciously think about how water is used in 2017 and if you think about that it's so wasteful you know and as the global warming is happening water is becoming more and more scarce as more fossil fuel industries come along it's becoming more and more polluted as corporations get more involved it's becoming more privatized how are we going to defend our water how are we going to provide water for our children and you know that's something that we really have to critically think about and I don't have a solution to that I can I can just put that out there that we have to think about that and even now it's to the point where like if you in Colorado if you harvest your own water your own rainwater it's illegal like that's that's real (laughs) and so we have to think about what our survival looks like because all of these things that I'm talking about with like a 30-year plan or whatever it means nothing if we don't have water so don't take advantage of water like hold it one thing that my brother one of my brothers taught me is that um when you talk to water it carries a message it it carries whatever message that you give it to all waters and so it, it spreads and you know you could put prayers to water for healing and or for gratitude or for apology you know for all of the ways that we have taken advantage of it or not acknowledged it you know it, and if you could just say that little bit to the water so that way when you drink the water it'll get planted in your head like medicine okay I'm going to work towards this I'm going to work towards protecting water and then whatever you don't use it goes back into the rest of the water and it becomes this whole cycle where it's it's like teamwork right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we have to think about things in that way because you know without water we're nothing 
We come from water. We are water. We the people are the ones who gonna have to fight. We used to say, which side are you on? Which side are you on? The truth is, we're in so much debt that the only way out is revolution or war. So now the question is, which side are you on? On, 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 on. Which side are you on, boy? Which side are you on, my daughter? Which side are you on, boy? Which side are you on, my daughter? See, before I draw the line, let me welcome you close to all the folks who knew Obama sold the people of hopes. Gave the money to suckers while our community's still poor. Withdrew the troops but started another war. Colonizing, terrorizing, creating the oil crisis. So they can make a kill on no food and gas prices. Prisons is fiddling, they trying to lock up the future. Militarized borders and control of computers. Want a stupid bump of music that ain't healthy for the shortest. Privatizing schools and policemen in the hallways. Can't be dormant, I'm a broken rise up, be ready. Brought the family with us and we hold the machetes. Riding the fence, riding the fence. Too many people be riding the fence. Yeah, you say you ready for war, but are you convinced? I'm not convinced If you're a rider, freedom fighter, crowd excited Then let's do this We can make one big united Middle finger to the US Give me the bravest and the truest Fuck the hippest and the coolest We gon' spark this revolution And cross this off our to-do list Put your foot down if you look down on this criminal system Put your book down and get shook down Like my niggas in prison Don't be condemning and condoning their actions in one sentence Make up your mind, you decide Is you a patriot or a menace to society So riot or sit by quietly But don't pull out your flag And try to say you gon' ride with me You flip-flopping like hip-hop, I don't get locked in that trick box Get got like big and pop, shit's got to stop I am the people, not the big, I repeat after Fred So please blow my brains out if I ever forget I'm with the independent thinkers I'm down with the movers and the shakers And the ex-henny drinkers The non-smokers, the health advocates, the non-voters The young bloods in the hood training like soldiers I'm on the side of the tracks with the hood gardens The little child that don't color inside the margins I don't ride the fence, I cultivate my strength Cause if it ain't about power, it don't make sense I've been down with Boogie Down since BDP some brown pride And black power make RBG A OG told me choose battles wisely In the struggle, don't forget your children and your wifey If you don't see me on the podium preaching it Every day I hope my every action is teaching it Cause revolution is a process It's not a speech or a panel Don't bite off more than you can handle I'm with workers uprising and the right to unionize We ain't crossed the border so you better legalize I'm with La Peña del Bronx I'm still with Vitor Toro Cause gentrification is polluting my borough So bro never, South Bronx forever Decolonize the block, make your neighborhood better I ain't down with the rich, I'm more Richie Perez Don't talk to grand juries or cooperate with feds I'm with students, doctors, janitors, teachers We need living wages but they don't believe us Monida, Barreto, Spofford, Hunts Point My point, my hood, I love We join forces, forming our deck, we 
Taking over buildings, rebel Diaz for the children Politics to sickness, streets express symptoms Caught up with a quickness, big business pimps them Scholars play the simpleton, fools play with wisdom Who will stand and fight back, who will play the victim Trials and tribulations, injured generations Stolen history and outsourced innovation Babel Tower fell, tribes are at war The battle story's not represented in the score The game's fixed, most of the faces and names switch Credit stolen for art, science, religion, language Technology, philosophy, and what strangers They paid in hatred for the knowledge of the ancients Power in words, actions, guns, swords Aim Panthers, brown berets, young lords Pick a side, one sickness, one cure One love, one blood, one world, but one war